the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today for the Monday edition. There used to be um, a TV show that uh, at the very beginning of the show, the intro, they would say, the voiceover would say, do not try and adjust your television set. There is nothing wrong with your picture. Remember that? It was called The Outer Limits. No. Well, I was watching the Steeler game yesterday, and mm-hmm. I thought of that mm-hmm. because I was wanting to adjust my television set because mm-hmm. there was a lot wrong with my picture. I mean, that was just my eyes are, I think, still bleeding from what's happened yesterday. Tough loss, was it not? Horrible. Horrible. It may be the bottom. Mm-hmm. Oh, we hope. Well, <laughs> we we might not have reached it. How many games are left? Fourteen. Uh, yeah, fourteen. Will they pull Ben? Mason Randolph? Rudolph? I Rudolph? feel like uh, they could, but would they? Yeah. Why not? What do they have to lose? I mean, out of respect? Well, I mean, he's a, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. It doesn't matter. Just, I'm just They're saying. losing week after I'm, week after I'm, week after I'm not week advocating week. a position at this point. I'm still in despair. i got to be honest. Thank I'm, you. I mean, you two, Christy and, and Kath chimed in. You know, we were making our picks before this year. I was optimistic. I thought they would have a winning record. Mm-hmm. Right, I was. Yeah, I kind you of. You two less. So. I kind of accepted the grief of it before we even got underway. How much did you watch? Oh, nothing. Because oh, that's he, right. Yeah, you have to allow me to discuss this in my top four at four, John. Okay. Because that is one of the items. All right. Uh huh. So pipe down right All now. All right. Let's go. <laughs> well, there's a segue for you. Let's get underway, <laughs> as we always do. Kath discusses the top news stories I'm of the day. Saying. Kath, would you please give yeah. us the top four at four? Well, sure. <laughs> <laughs> for monday september 27th yeah. 2021 here we go Steelers. number one after 16 years of angela merkel as their chancellor oh germans scattered their votes across the political spectrum yesterday in the election to replace her that points to a messier political era in germany and weaker german leadership in europe mm. According to the front page of today's New York Times, the center-left Social Democrats apparently have a lead of 1.6 percentage points. This outcome is so close that no one could yet say who the next chancellor would be, really? nor what the next government would look like. You mean we still have a chance? <laughs> yeah, it could be. Could be the three of okay. us. Okay, all right. My German's bad, though. The only thing that seemed clear was that it would take weeks, if not months, of haggling to form a coalition leaving Europe's biggest democracy suspended in a kind of limbo at a critical moment when the continent is still struggling to recover from COVID-19, as we all are, right? Mm. Plus, France, Germany's partner at the core of Europe, faces divisive elections of its own in the spring. Mm. For over a decade, Angela Merkel was not just Chancellor of Germany, but effectively the leader of Europe, steering her country and the continent through all sorts of crises and in the process helping Germany to become Europe's leading power for the first time since two world wars. Right. Number two. Are you ready for this? Yep. In 2004, 
which wasn't that long ago. What, 16 years ago? 2004? 17 years? The cost to travel the turnpike from Ohio to New Jersey, like the full length, yeah. was just over $21. Today, the same trip is $47 if you have Easy Pass, and if you don't, it is $95.30. The trip reports that while experts agree the constantly increasing tolls on the turnpike are worrisome. Worrisome? Worrisome is what I was... That's not how... How about ripoffs? Exactly. Like abject theft. They're equally troubled by the amount of debt the Turnpike Commission has incurred over the past decade. Now listen to this. I did not know this. Most of it stems from a $450 million yearly payment to the Department of Transportation, which started in 07 under something called Act 44. Act 44 was designed to help fund statewide transportation projects without raising taxes. Mm -hmm. That was the idea. The cornerstone of the plan, converting Interstate 80 into a toll road, along with creation of a lease agreement between the Turnpike Commission and PennDOT. But the plan hit a snag when the Federal Highway Administration said, no, 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 you're not doing that with I-80. I see. Okay. As a result, and you know that has to be because of all the trucks on I-80. Sure. Anyway. As a result, a default clause written into Act 44 took effect and required the Turnpike Commission to pay PennDOT $450 million a year. To date, they have paid $7.9 billion and along the way have accumulated $14 billion in debt. Holy moly. Can you believe that? The amount is equivalent to Pennsylvania's total statewide debt. What about the Easy Pass debacle? Just that. Have you read about that? What's the easy pass? If about? you don't have an easy pass and you go through the, you and it's ninety five dollars. If you go through the, you know, the, yeah, you've got a fifty fifty percent chance of being built. Oh, but the other fifty, you're not going to be built because they can't get their act together. Right. So you know, if you don't have an easy pass, then you're more willing, you know, to get a free ride. So all that money, all that free money, just is going there. away. Okay. Let me also tell you, don't you worry because you can expect um, an increase every year until twenty fifty. Ride a bike. Number three. Facebook will pause the development of its Instagram for Kids project. Adam Masseri, head of Instagram, said in an interview on the Today Show this morning. The social media app owned by Facebook has been developing a version for kids that would be ad-free and allow parents to monitor their kids' activity. But the company's plan faced criticism this year from lawmakers concerned the app could be harmful to young people's mental health. No kidding. The new platform was to be designed for children younger than 13. Instagram bars kids that young, but of course they acknowledge that many join anyway. The Wall Street Journal reported, this is while you were away, John, um, that internal research conducted by Facebook found that Instagram is harmful for a sizable percentage of young users, most notably teenage girls, and all along, Facebook has known that. Mm-hmm. And number four, the Steelers had a catastrophically terrible loss yesterday, okay? Mm-hmm. Cincinnati outplayed the black and gold in, I don't know, pretty much every phase every of the game. Category. Don't you think? Every, it pains me to say it. Every category. But, I mean, they were just so bad that the Steelers had won 14 out of 16 against the Bengals and hadn't fallen to Cincinnati at home since 2015. But all five, John, the music's over. It's so terrible. There's nothing that can quell the the awful nature of this. All five starting offensive linemen, Moore, Dotson, Green, Trey Turner, and Chooks, drew at least one of Pittsburgh's 10 penalties. Mm -hmm. Okay, Ben took four sacks. Including two, where it seemed like the protection was fine, but he held on to the ball too long, whatever. And don't forget the injuries. Because Chooks has a concussion, Juju's got ribs, Kendrick Knee has a knee. And the best thing I can personally say about this loss is that I couldn't watch one moment of it because I canceled cable. So I listened to it on the radio, and that was bad.
enough. That's How bad are the Steelers? Four at four. How bad are they? Uh, well, they have the single worst rushing offense in the entire yeah. NFL. Steelers are so bad, I tuned on the Pirate game yesterday. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'll tell you something right that's there. Re- that's really bad. Okay. Pirates, uh, when I came in here, were losing to the Cincinnati Reds, I believe, 4 nothing. What? They're playing That's right a now. shocker. I know. Can headline. you believe they're losing? Yeah. What the we're heck? like, we're in a bad way Let's right go now. Pens. Okay, yeah, give but, me something. Yeah, but Malkin's hurt. How about Pitt? Okay. Well, okay. Penn that, State? Don't even get me started. The Pitt thing was WVU. so stupid. 77 points because you're trying to make up for last week. Get out of here. Going to the White House next. 101.5 WORD. Do you love to cook or have a favorite recipe that's a winner? Then you need to enter your favorite recipe sweepstakes to submit that delicious recipe. The winning submission will receive a year's worth of meats from Good Ranchers. $1,400 value. And a $1,000 Williams-Sonoma shopping spree. Increase your chances of winning by entering once per day and completing bonus entry options. So start cooking. Enter today at wordfm.com slash contests. How much do you have saved for retirement? Now, cut that number in half. That's the impact inflation could have on your retirement. Have you thought about that and how it will affect your retirement plans? If not, you should. Recently, inflation's been over 5%, but even at the historical average of 3%, the value of your savings could be cut in half in 20 years. So what can you do? Start by getting a free booklet from Kurt Kanodik at Accurate Solutions Group. It will help you understand how inflation could impact you and show you simple ways to prepare for it. To get your copy of this free booklet from Kurt Kanodik and the Accurate Solutions Group team, call or text INFLATION to 412-515-3555. That's INFLATION to 412-515-3555. Inflation. You can't stop it, but you may be able to minimize its impact on your retirement. Call or text inflation to 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services. Investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. This is John Hall for Bible League International. Jaime is an itinerant pastor in Ecuador. He'll travel days by foot, boat, and mule. He's been beaten by warlocks, robbed of everything he's had, and suffered broken bones after falling 100 feet in the Andre Mountains. What awaits him at the end of each trip? A thriving congregation of hundreds of believers in an area where Christianity is fiercely opposed. When I share Jaime's story, I recall Isaiah 6, 8, Whom shall I send? Who will go? I believe this man is admirably answering that call and enduring much as a pastor. And like others in the world where Bibles are desperately needed, Jaime is humbly asking us to send Bibles. Join Word FM and Bible League in sending God's Word to 5,000 believers in Latin America and around the world for only $5 or 20 for 100 In a limited time, Matts will double your gift. Call 800-YES-WORD, 800-YES-WORD, or click the World Needs the Word banner at wordfm.com. Whoever comes our way and is able to give us a Bible, it will be a great blessing. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company presents... And Doug. And we're back with Limu, Emu, and Doug for the final question. Category is things you climb. All right, Limu, what do you think? You sure? We're going with... Liberty Mutual customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. Oh, so close. We were looking for stairs. Huh. Only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 liberty. Every Monday we start off the week by going to the White House. Greg Clugston joins us. Greg is the SRN News White House correspondent. Hey, Greg, how are things? 
John, Kathy, hi. I'm doing well. Good to be back. Yeah, it's been a while. Terrific. We missed you. Yeah, we're, we're glad to hear from you. And, and don't you worry, because before you uh, leave us today, we're going to talk about the most motivational workout song of all time. Come on, Greg. I just want you to look forward to that while we talk about wow, the, I'm looking for- <laughs> the yeah. goings on. We, let's yeah. fast forward. Come on. I can't no, wait. no. Seriously, we have to do our work first. It's a big now, tease stop right it. there, Okay. Greg. So a big week for the president's economic agenda. Tell us what we can and what he can expect. Yeah, so this bill, this huge pack, actually there are a couple of different bills. Um, One of them is the bipartisan infrastructure deal that was agreed to several weeks ago uh, in the Senate. And it's it's about a trillion dollars. And so it has the support to win passage in the Senate. The problem is liberals in the House, liberal Democrats in the House, they don't want to vote on it unless the House passes first the $3.5 trillion package that the president wants to get approved. So it's a battle um, not only between House and Senate, but there's a lot of dissension within the ranks of the Democratic Party, especially on the House side. So it's really interesting. The Democrats control the White House and both houses of Congress, yet the margins are so small, there's very little wiggle room to get the president's um, package through if there are only a handful of Democrats who are raising their hand to say, not so fast. So that's what's at stake, and we're going to be seeing, seeing a series of votes on these measures this week. I see. So essentially, then, the Democrats are just, you know, eating themselves, yeah? <laughs> we have seen that. Now, whether or not uh, Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House, can kind of whip everybody into shape, and she's, you know, putting forward, as you might expect, a, an optimistic, uh, you know, viewpoint, saying, you know, give us a few more days, we'll get this thing done. But it's uh, it's a heavy lift because there are some sharp differences over policy and principle and the price tag between centrists in the party and liberal Democrats. And so um, everybody has been kind of digging in on this side. And then, of course, you've got Republicans who are saying absolutely no way on three and a half trillion dollars of spending on top of the uh, the infrastructure bill. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. So there's a lot riding on this in terms of what the president's agenda is going forward. Right. Forgive me, but we may, we may uh, see the theatrics of AOC crying on the House floor, which is uh, entertainment unto itself, Greg. What we have seen it before. It, yes. it could return. We'll have to see. Without a doubt, right. All right, so uh, fast forward to the government shutdown, perhaps. This happens like uh, the swallows returning to Capistrano. It absolutely does. We've talked about it for years here on the ride home with you guys, and it does seem to happen uh, on, a, on a, you know, a regular cycle, and that's what we're seeing again. So the government's fiscal year ends at the end of September, which is this Thursday. So technically, without having a new budget uh, passed by Congress, the government will run out of money to keep operations open. And so that's, that's the shutdown threat that we're facing right now. And of course, it's coming in the midst of everything that I just discussed in terms of the, all of these legislative uh, economic packages uh, and proposals that the White House wants to, get, wants to get passed. And there have been various plans by some lawmakers to, you know, uh, you know, get the government, um, get a get a temporary spending bill for the government on top of everything else that's going on. And Republicans don't want to see that attached to something else that they don't want to vote for. They want to see just a bill to temporarily extend the government to, to prevent a, a government shutdown. So that's happening. And then, of course, we're just a few weeks away from the 
the debt ceiling that needs to be raised, and this is also sort of a, a cyclical kind of problem that uh, Congress runs into. And if, if that does not get approved, then the, the federal government risks default uh, on its national debt. And so we've got everything uh, kind of, you know, coming together here for a potential pileup. So uh, this week in particular, but in the coming weeks, uh, everything is really kind of on the line here for, for members of Congress. Craig Cluxton with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Um, okay, so let's talk about a, a Twitter war that many of us have watched uh, between Liz Cheney and uh, former President Donald or Donald Trump. Um, and George W. Bush is <laughs> is now in the center of it as well. Um, tell us about this uh, this curious argument going on. Well, Congressman Cheney, as uh, you may remember, uh, did vote to impeach Donald Trump back in January, and she was one of um, you know, a handful of Republicans who did so. And Trump uh, wants, he, he has her at the top of his list of revenge in terms of uh, trying to get her um, kicked out of Congress, in terms of, um, you know, trying to stop her from getting reelected. And so he has endorsed Cheney's challenger in Wyoming in an effort to uh, to keep her from going back. Well, just a few days ago that uh, George W. Bush is going to be uh, attending a fundraiser for Cheney in Dallas in a couple of weeks. And so it's really interesting because here you have uh, Cheney um, being, you know, attacked essentially by Donald Trump, but supported by George W. Bush. And that whole scenario really reflects where the Republican Party is right now in terms of two different factions of the GOP, uh, those that are on board with Donald Trump and those who are not. So it's going to be an interesting race to follow. And uh, again, it's indicative of where the party is right now in many ways. Yeah, so the former president has been saying nasty things about Liz Cheney on Twitter, I mean, for a long time, but particularly over the last couple days. And uh, Liz Cheney's response yesterday was, um, I like Republican presidents who win re-elections. Ouch. All right. So, yeah, yeah, they're not. Uh, neither no, side is holding back. On they're this probably one. not going to share Christmas dinner together. <laughs> now, George W. Bush, he's not on Twitter. He's probably not going to take this approach. But when it comes to Cheney and when it comes to Trump, uh, they're both uh, ready to go and, and fight as need be. All right. Well, it will be an interesting showdown as we loom closer to this. All right. Let's talk about uh, COVID because that's not uh, controversial at all. I was sure. Right? I always like to talk about sure. that. Sure. Uh, so today, the president received his uh, booster shot, which I think for people who have already had two shots and they want a third, it's in the pipeline somewhere out there. Right. Uh, as long as it's Pfizer, because the recommendation is for the Pfizer vaccine only so far, and that may change in the, the next few weeks in terms of uh, affecting Moderna and possibly uh, the J&J vaccine. But Biden had received the Pfizer vaccine, and he's, uh, he's over 65. He's 78, so he qualifies under this recommendation from the regulators that um, he can go ahead and get that uh, third dose, the booster shot, and, of course, not only those who are 65 and older, but those who have pre-existing medical conditions, uh, some of the frontline workers in hospitals and nursing care homes, uh, those workers can also uh, go ahead and get that third dose uh, as long as they're six months past uh, their their previous dose of the Pfizer vaccine. But the, pro- the president had promised, the White House had promised, that uh, he would be rolling up his sleeves in front of the TV cameras and with uh, reporters looking on, and that's what happened earlier this afternoon at the White House as an effort to say, look, uh, it's safe and it's effective, and I'm going to go ahead 
He said that he didn't have really any sort of side effects from either of the first two shots, and uh, he was pretty confident he'd be feeling okay after this one as well. Um, of course, all of this comes with you know, the, uh, the push for mandates by the president affecting not just federal workers, but also companies that have 100 or more employees. And various states now are also putting in place uh, mandates uh, for certain workers. New York, for example, uh, today having the health care workers need to have at least the first of their vaccine shots. And if not, they're going to be out of a job. Wow. And that's really, going, that's, that's really uh, raising serious concerns about hospital shortages, staff shortages, because hundreds and uh, if not more uh, people could be affected by this in terms of uh, losing their jobs and then not having enough people working to help people that are sick. Greg, I don't remember in my reading this morning whether it was the head of the CDC or the head of the FDA um, that was reported today to say that they realized that they'd really bungled the communication when it comes to booster shots. Yeah, there there was, um, I think it was the CDC, but I'd have to go and double check as well. But um, I had seen uh, I had seen a reference um, to that story as well. And the thinking is that, uh, you know, there were several months ago, sort of at the end of the spring, early summer, um, there there was, you know, there wasn't the concerted effort that the administration now or at least the, the, the health officials, federal health officials really believed was uh, uh, was the best path forward. And part of it is, is you know, is hindsight, because um, let's be honest, uh, in the early spring, we didn't really know about the, you know, the Delta variant, We did, or at least mm-hmm. we didn't know about uh, whether it would become the dominant variant and, uh, and, and the kind of problems that it really has caused in terms of seeing that surge that we saw with the spike over the summer. So, yeah, there, there are going to be, you know, lessons learned because, uh, you know, pandemics obviously don't come around that often, or at least one of this scale. And so there are going to be some missteps along the way. So uh, I, think it's, I think it's healthy when you do have uh, people in position, in leadership position, whether they're elected officials or designated uh, uh, health officials, uh, to admit and acknowledge when things didn't go as planned. Mm-hmm. Greg Clarkson is with us, SRN News. He's the White House correspondent. Greg, uh, are you uh, someone who likes to go out and exercise? I do. I do exercise, probably not as regularly as, as I should, but, uh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's good to get out and get the heart pumping. Yeah, yeah. Is music part of your workout routine, Greg? Um, it has been in the past. It hasn't been lately. Um, I'm, not, I'm not doing as much running as I used to, but, but when I did run, I absolutely needed to have some music. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Motivator, yeah. soundtrack. Um, yeah. Well, do you have any guess as to what, um, according to the Daily Mail, has been voted by, uh, not just not voted by people, but actually experts at the University of Edinburgh have found, uh, the, first of all, that a motivational playlist um, certainly helps in a workout, but there's one particular song which they think is the most encouraging workout song. Of all time. Now, these are the Brits, though. This is the Daily Mail. The so I mean, a difference. Well, yeah. I mean, but we're Westerners, so we kind of I mean, share We share our music, right? Like the Beatles. Okay, it's not, it's not the Beatles. Okay. You have any, <laughs> I would you have... think it's the Beatles. Uh, wow. Best workout yeah. uh, song of all yeah. time. Um, oh, wow. I'm just I'm trying drawing a blank. I, I'll tell you first. That's a very good I'll... guess, Rocky. This song Rocky. was featured in oh. Rocky Three. Oh, well, this has to be Eye of the Tiger. Hey, Bingo! Oh, great. Very nice. Ding, ding, ding. Bum, bum, okay. bum. Yeah, that's yep. good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that'll get your heart pumping, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. That's uh, a good one. And, it, and it's also great, you know, when you're putting together a video montage of, you know, working out and lifting weights and, right. you know, running. Oh, yeah, because that that's what I like to do with my workouts, <laughs> put together video montages of me yeah. doing yeah. it. Um, would you like to know the other things that the University of Edinburgh listed in their playlist? 
Absolutely. Along with Eye of the Tiger, you might want to include in your playlist No One Knows by Queens of the Stone Age. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Um, Christy's 27. I have no idea. Okay, Okay. great. How about Run This Town by Jay-Z? I don't know. Okay. I I know that one. Okay. Uh, I know Jay-Z, but not that song. Okay. And Power by Kanye West, which I know. I don't know. I know that one. Okay. Okay. Um, But I, so if you include Eye of the Tiger and those items, apparently it's going to, kick your whole thing like into high gear i don't think so wow well what's interesting is i I don't have eye the tiger on my most recent uh workout list but it's dominated by 80s music i'll tell you and that that tells you how old i am so yeah really get some hollow notes on there (laughs) i can't go for that no no can do on his playlist um greg you want to share any of the other items that you seem to remember on that list on my on my 80s playlist Yeah. yeah i had I think I had some uh, some Huey Lewis and the News. Oh, yeah. great choice! Um, Excellent. Um, I had um, I you know probably had something like uh, the Van Van Halen. Oh, sure, of course. Um, uh-huh. you know, it's the eighties. You should have Aerosmith on there. I mean, just Mike, it's just my vote. Oh yeah, sure. Mike and the Mechanics. Oh, you know? Mike and the Mechanics. Mike that and was the Mechanics. Kind of, a, kind of an offshoot of Genesis. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm kind of surprised though on the the Daily Mail list there was not there was no Chris Tomlin I would have I would have thought, yeah you, you know, would think so because they they seem to have a good relationship the Brits and Chris but yeah. but sadly he didn't make that maybe uh, some top early 10. Stephen Curtis Chapman maybe <laughs> <laughs> thank you Greg you're welcome have a great week you as well Greg Clarkson SRN News White House correspondent I wish we could play some Huey Lewis right now I love Huey oh yeah I l- the heart of rock and roll it's like it's still beaten yeah. From what I've seen, I believe it. Back in a few minutes, what are we talking about? Oh. I don't know. We're going to talk about that. Looking for a holiday job or seasonal work? It's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Visit ExpressPros.com to find your local office and let them help you find a job. No fees for job seekers. ExpressPros.com. Pumpkins, 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 and more pumpkins. Pumpkins are what the Springhouse is thinking about this time of year. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse, and we love sharing our farm with you during this beautiful time of year. We've got all kinds of fun planned for you and your family to be able to spend the whole day on our farm. Pumpkin patch hay rides, a petting zoo, giant square bale stack and pipes for sliding, a hay maze and a corn maze, pumpkin picking right out of the field, old-time games under a tent up on the hill, and lots more. And when you get hungry, of course, we have great eats inside, too, with lots of pumpkin creations. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin cookies, pumpkin bread, pumpkin custard, and even pumpkin black bean chili. Every October Saturday features a family-friendly meal, and October Sundays feature our 4-H hog roast with all the fixins. Plan to spend a memory-making day on the farm at the Springhouse in 84 PA, 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you've lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows or Us offers 12 months, no interest financing, and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how would you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding and roof replacement. Offer valid through 123121. All with 12 months, no interest. 
interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That is windowsruspittsburgh.com. Word FM presents our 15th annual Pastor Appreciation Luncheon, 12 p.m. Tuesday, October 19th at the Doubletree by Hilton in Greentree. A free event open to all senior and associate pastors and their spouses. Come experience a day of gratitude, fellowship, and encouragement. Tuesday, October 19th, featuring keynote speaker, Pastor Jack Graham, host of PowerPoint, heard daily on this station. Doors open at 1030 a.m. Reservations are required. To attend, reserve your free tickets now at wordfm.com pastors. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey, 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight will become cloudy with a thunderstorm in spots towards dawn. Tonight's low 63. Tomorrow we'll see a few showers of the morning. Otherwise, clouds and breaks of sunshine with a high of 74. Tomorrow night will be clear and cooler with a low of 49. Wednesday, sunny skies with a high of 72. Thursday, mostly sunny, a pleasant day on tap, high 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We are sad to talk about the passing of a colleague, a friend of ours who worked at Word FM for many years and then moved on to different outlets, KDKA amongst them. But uh, Elias McMillan passed away last week mm-hmm. at the very young age of 34. Elias leaves behind his wife and his baby boy. Baby girl. Baby girl, sorry. sorry. And just uh, shocked by the passing of Elias. We knew that he was ill and he had put up a really good fight against cancer. But uh, the word came down late last week. Tomorrow will be his funeral. Yeah. Elias passed away on Wednesday, um, and he was such a gentle person. Mm -hmm. He really was. Um, And we worked opposite shifts, right? So he'd work at night. And so we would kind of see him on our way out. Or you see him on the weekends. Or on the weekends, right? Um, So we never worked with him. He never produced our show. He was producing other people's shows. But just such a terrific guy. And then he left here and went to KDK, mm-hmm. where he worked at KDK and he worked at The Fan. And um, his wife, Asha, is lovely. And he has a beautiful little girl, Eva. Um, and it's just hard to get your head around how sad life can be sometimes. Oh, my gosh. It really is. It's overwhelming. It really is. I mean, you, you expect, you know, you reach an age and you go, oh, my friend passed away. But... N- not until you know you're in your 60s or so, but you think about a young man in the prime of his life and the equal opportunity uh, crush of cancer yeah. in this world. What, what a hideous thing cancer is. I mean, can you imagine would there be a day that uh, cancer, all cancer has been cured? God help us. I, I can't imagine that that day would ever come, but Elias at 34, gone far, far too soon and just a, a prince of a young man. Really, uh, I think a lot of us here at the station, um, our friend Dan Wozniak, a good friend of Elias. Uh, people people just all over moved. broadcasting who loved Elias and just, you know, this industry can encourage people to be their worst because that's how they feel like they'll get ahead. And he just never bought into that. Mm. Just a really, really solid guy all the way around. Yeah. So... Uh, Family and friends are being received this afternoon and this evening, and then Elias will be uh, laid to rest tomorrow. 
took a, a quick break and step away. We come back in a few minutes. We're going to talk about the uh, fake intimacy of algorithms with Chris Martin. Stick around for Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on Word FM. WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I can be your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. May I tell you about 17-year-old Esther in Africa? Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International. Esther is only 17. She's part of the famous Maasai tribe in Kenya. It's a country that I visited not too long ago. Girls like Esther, they're subjected to Maasai traditions that are not taught in the Bible, including female circumcision and polygamy where a man has many wives and some younger than Esther are forced into arranged marriages against their will. Now, having endured this mistreatment, Esther lived with bitter unforgiveness until a Bible League volunteer introduced her to the hope of the gospel, and now she's led dozens of teen girls and young adult women to Jesus, and she's praying for Bibles so they can grow in their walk with Him. And that's exactly why Bible League and Word FM have teamed up to send God's Word to 5,000 Bibleist believers around the world. Our campaign is called The World Needs the Word. $5 sends a Bible, $100 sends 20, every gift matched. Call 800 Yes Word. 800 Y E S W O R D. 800 Yes Word or give at wordfm.com. I'm looking forward to a play date with my granddaughter. Nana! <laughs> I can't wait to get together with my friends for a backyard barbecue. If you're 65 or older, you're starting to get back to doing things you love. Did you know even healthy adults 65 and older are at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia? It's a potentially serious bacterial lung disease that can disrupt your life for weeks. Help protect yourself with the Prevnar 13 pneumococcal 13-valent conjugate vaccine, diphtheria CRM197 protein. Prevnar 13 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 13 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 13 does not protect against all strains of the disease. Ask your doctor or pharmacist today about Prevnar 13. Learn more at Prevnar13.com. Don't get Prevnar 13 if you have had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with a weakened immune system may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-866-694-9300 or visit Prevnar13.com. Hello, Word FM listeners. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations, and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to Salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the Careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. I'm looking to buy a pair of winter boots. Oh, wait. Wait, is this a segment of John Hall Fashion Rules? Well, I'm just saying, this is something that I do. You know, Christy, I, you need to find that music because you know, it's really great. It just look, I'm looking to buy Because every time John talks about something like this, we should highlight his interest in the fashion world. <laughs> but, you know, winter's coming. Look at coming. what he's wearing today. I mean, it's clear proof of it. Listen, winter's coming, is it not? It is. So I think, okay, I'd like to have a pair of winter boots. So I, I go on Google and I'm men's winter boots. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, every web page that I'm on is showing me 
not that I'm asking for it, men's winter boots. Yeah. Every shape, every size, every color, every manufacturer. Is that an algorithm? Yes. Is that what it's all about? It's Well, at least you're looking for boots. If you were shopping for underwear, that's the worst. <laughs> well, I'm not going to do that. Because then it's everywhere, and then your boss comes in, and you're like, really? I, I'm just, just I was. <sighs> right. Well, Chris Martin is with us. Chris is a content managing marketing editor at Moody Publishers, a social media marketing and communications consultant. He writes regularly in his Substack newsletter, we'll talk about that later on, called Terms of Service. But he wrote a piece that we saw at the Gospel Coalition, which I loved, called The Insidious Fake Intimacy of Algorithms. Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good to be back. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Chris. So it does seem like... Um, our social media algorithms know us better than what our spouse, our oh, kids, our not. parents. Yeah, no, it seems like that's, that's the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true, and frankly, that means they're working exactly as intended. Uh, you know, the social internet's really like a bustling marketplace of opinions and entertainment. You know, like shops in a shopping mall of of old, I suppose. Uh, you know, various apps like Facebook or Instagram. TikTok, whatever you prefer, yeah. are all these different outlets where you can be engaging with content. And, and the algorithms, the math really at the core of them is meant to make you want to stay and know you better than you know yourself. But it feels like a stalker, Chris. I oh, mean, like you write about it. You, yeah. It feels creepy, it doesn't does. it? It does. It does. It, it feels creepy for a few reasons. First, because it is. And frankly, we shouldn't become we shouldn't become OK with it. Uh, we, it's not something we should just be like, well, that's just how it is these days. It's just something we got to live with because we don't have to. Uh, but it's also kind of creepy because it can be the sort of truth telling mirror that we don't like seeing because it it can reveal the truth about us, truth that we often even try to hide from ourselves. Um, truth about things we browse on the internet, like you guys were just joking about uh, shopping habits, or I mean, that that's an algorithm in its own right, as you said, um, shopping habits or video watching habits or, or listening habits. Um, all of these platforms are meant to kind of intermingle and work together to modify our behavior, which sounds like this sort of Orwellian creepy thing. Um, but as Neil Postman said in Amusing Ourselves to Death, we're, which he wrote in 1985, we're all afraid of this Orwellian future where uh, the government makes us do things we don't want to do. But really, we should be more afraid of what Huxley described in his yeah. Brave New World, where we kind of bring it upon ourselves. We're all carrying these things around in our pockets willingly, and, and they're changing us. Right. I mean, think about what amusing, that, amu that Amusing Ourselves to Death was written in the 80s before there were phones. And before there was streaming and before we had like all the information in the whole world available at our fingertips. I mean, it's it it's incalculable, really, how much our digital world has changed who we are. Oh, my goodness. It's yeah, I think I, I write toward the end of the piece that that while we think we're consuming online content, it's really that content is consuming us. You know, we watch goofy videos of cats falling off furniture or uh, we watch you know heartwarming videos of kids friends reuniting who hadn't seen each other in a long time you know maybe after the pandemic i remember seeing a few videos like that or things like that and, and we think man isn't this just so heartwarming and we just kind of mindlessly scroll and we don't really think about um we're so consumed with the content we see and the things that we see on our screens that we don't often stop to ask ourselves, what is scrolling doing to us? Mm. Forget the content, look a little bit deeper than the content for a second. And what is scrolling 
doing to us. And frankly, in, in regard to the piece that I wrote that, that we were talking about, um, the math that's kind of undergirding all this stuff that's delivering this content to us, what's it learning about us and reflecting to us? And then what does that mean? How, how should we be more forthright about who we are or, or what we're doing? Um, and I think that's, that's important questions we should ask. But again, we just get so consumed with the entertainment. We're just, right. as Postman sort of said, we're so interested in being amused that we just don't really stop to ask questions. Oh, it's so heinous and so dangerous. Okay, so Chris, take a sidebar. What essentially is scrolling doing to us, right? Because I'll do it. If I can't sleep and it's 3 a.m., instead of me turning on the light and reading my Bible, I'm scrolling with one eye open looking about, at Twitter. Or how about just closing your eyes? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, scrolling scrolling is doing so many things to us. I think it's, um, you know, it's a, it affects everyone differently. I mean, to your point, um, scrolling is only going to make it harder to fall asleep. So uh, I, I try to do what I can to keep keep my eyes out of my phone right before bed. But um, but it's it's changing how we think about beauty um, and and what we think about what it means to be beautiful or physically attractive. I mean, tons of research just came out. Uh, internal research that Facebook did on Instagram and how it's affecting young people's views of their own bodies. Um, and it, that's that's data that they kind of kept from the public until the Wall Street Journal just dug it out. Um, so it, it's affecting how we think of beauty and body image. It's affecting what we think about success. I mean, it's all the really the best way to describe it is what Derek Thompson wrote in his book, Hit Makers. Um, and it's in its effect on teenagers specifically, but I really think it affects all of us. If you remember when you're in high school or middle school, uh, you would you would go through the high school hallways and the, the high school hallways were sort of the social runways of the, of the high school experience. They were when you're performing for other people, that's when you're socializing. And what he said, he said, teenagers today, um, you know, but when you would go home, when you or I even would go home, we would kind of get a break from that. We get to be among our friends or our parents, people we trust. And we wouldn't feel like we had to perform necessarily until we had a social event. Kids these days are always in the hallway. And and it's not just kids, frankly. A lot of us are just revisiting the high school hallways that we maybe left behind a decade or two ago, and we always maybe feel like we're performing and, and we're finding our worth from the engagement we get from the content we post, the number of likes we get or or the number of views we get or things like that. It's really easy to start finding your worth in those things. So that's just a few, I, I think, a few ways that scrolling affects us that either we recognize and tend to ignore or we just don't even recognize to begin with. Boy, that idea of being uh, in a perpetual performance, I had not thought of it that way, but that's exhausting. Like just talking about it, I feel worn out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then- yeah, it's 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 really it's really I think not to use an overused phrase today, but I think I mean I think it's a pandemic. It's a it's creating a pandemic of loneliness and mental health issues that I think we're seeing yeah. start to play out in some right. data. Okay, so then if an algorithm is a reflection of ourselves in some way, right? Mirror, mirror on the wall. And especially as believers, then what do we do? I mean, you just can't, or I guess you can, but most of us will choose not to separate ourselves fully from any form of social media. So as believers, is there, you know, a a better path ahead? That's a really good question. In all of my writing, I do a significant amount of writing on this stuff. I'm not I'm not the sort of um, modern Luddite where I think we just need to like dismantle all right. internet or social media and, and never use it. I think it's yeah, you didn't look I mean, you didn't look Luddite to me. No, no, no. I mean, I have I have week. But here's the thing is like I have Sunday conversations with my 85 year old grandmother every week 
she's never used the internet in her life, yeah. but she'll tell me what her friend saw on Facebook. So it's really, really? it's really inescapable. Yeah, huh. yeah, it's totally inescapable. So I don't think logging off is necessarily the only answer. Um, I think uh, uh, intentional engagement. I, I use this phrase a lot, either when talking about this or even when talking with students in the student ministry I help lead. Um, I think we need to be aware of our default mode. Uh, our, our, mm. there's the old joke about the, the moth who finds himself in the podiatrist's office. And he's like <laughs> right. sharing his, he's sharing all of his deepest right. feelings and darkest thoughts. And he's like, why'd you show up here? He's like, well, the light was on. And so we just have this, right. we just have this tendency to drift toward whatever is interesting without asking any questions. And I'm just interested, not in us leaving social media, but just in not assuming that the newest thing is necessarily mm. necessary for us. And maybe, just being more intentional and asking more questions of the platforms that we're using. So that's interesting. As you were talking, I was thinking about like when I've crashed and burned and when I've had success, you know, kind of, and what were the, maybe the parameters that I set up? You mean in life? No, no. I was thinking in particular about social media, but thanks for making it global. I wasn't sure. Um, Wasn't sure where you were headed there. I was thinking particularly about having kids when my kids were growing up, um, what didn't work and what worked. And the thing that I keep coming back to is we, we instituted this thing um, when my kids were in high school, which is that each night, like the kid, each kid could come up with something they saw online that they shared with all of us that we could all watch together. And what that introduced was the question, first of all, like we're, this is a communal thing that we're doing. And it just kind of introduces into your head the fact that you're not, you're not serving just yourself when you're online. I felt like that was helpful. Yeah, I think that's great. I think that's a great practice. Um, and, and I think that's a really, I think, you know, I, I, I'm a new parent myself, my daughter's 18 months old. Um, so, so we've not had to navigate this, but I'll tell you, I mean, already I wrote last week in my, in my newsletter about like, we're not posting pictures of her online. There's a few reasons uh, we're, we're choosing to do that. And it's, I don't say that to be like judgmental people who do, but, but I think it's just a a matter of like, why are we doing this? And it's always about asking the question, Neil, Postman, I cite him all the time. He's he's a big influence, but yeah. he 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 often asks a question of any new technology. He said the first question I always ask is, um, "To what problem is this new technology a solution?" And I think mm. we should always be asking, um, "To what problem is this social media platform a solution? Is this YouTube channel a solution of anything we're engaging with?" So yeah, man, I, I think Kathy, the point you made about. Um, making it a communal experience and that the time you spend on your phone is not uh, a solo enterprise. It's not a solo sport. It's not something you're just doing by yourself in your bedroom or on the bus or whatever. So I think being communal, I think limiting screen time is not a lot of people like to like put that as a bandaid over everything and just say, well, if you just limit your kid's screen time to an hour a day or half an hour a day, it'll fix everything. Nah, I, I not really. Um, I do think limiting screen time is wise, not only for children, but for adults. I, I do it for myself. Um, and so I think that's a that's a good step to take as well. I just think the community piece and, and having constant conversation, you know, having open lines of communication about it's really good. Very good. We're talking with Chris Martin, the insidious fake intimacy of algorithms. All right. So on that same vein, Chris, I mean, we hear today that you know, uh, Facebook's saying, well, we're not going to uh, move forward, at least not for now, with Instagram for kids. I mean, I, I didn't even know that was a thing, Instagram for kids. <laughs> Yeah, and and they're really positioning it. Um, they're really positioning it as a sort of remedy to kids who are signing up for Instagram but lying about their age. 
Um, so a, a lot of, so I think you have to be 13 to use Instagram. And so what Instagram's case has often been is kids under 13 are using our app. They're just lying about their age, I which, I mean, I remember when I was in high school and Facebook was coming about, I remember middle schoolers lying about their age to get on Facebook. So that's not like a, it's not, not a new thing. Um, but they, they kind of presented it as, well, we just want to, in an effort to keep people from wrongly using Instagram to keep kids from getting on before they should, why don't we create this, this standalone app that would have more privacy or parental constraints and controls and things like that. And I, frankly, Facebook who owns Instagram um, has lost all kinds of trust in the last like five years um, with not only me, but with plenty of people, including parents. And there's just been wall street journal did a huge dive into a lot of memos and emails and they released them all last week. And this, the Facebook files, a series of articles where they talked about the body image thing that I mentioned before. And so Facebook has kind of said, you know what, maybe we shouldn't be proceeding with Instagram for children when there's just been a lot of data about how it's maybe not so good. Yeah. Not just the fact that there's data that was released saying the social media is bad for kids, especially young girls, but that Facebook knew that all the time. That's that's the Wall Street Journal, you know, uh, investigative piece was that it's not that we, I mean, that's something we all knew, but Facebook knew it long before the rest of us knew it. You know, that's always been the hard part about that. Yeah, is they, they, they know things that they don't necessarily let on about, and that really fractures trust beyond just the yeah. problem that was actually at hand. That's interesting. Chris yeah. Martin, The Insidious Fake Intimacy of Algorithms. Hey, Chris, before you leave us, talk to us about your Substack newsletter. Yeah, I have a newsletter at Substack. It's called Terms of Service. You can find it at termsofservice.social. Uh, and I send a kind of a column every Tuesday. So I have one going out tomorrow morning about 6.30. And then every Thursday... I just send a little roundup of three or four articles that I've read throughout the week on subjects just like this. So last week I included like the Wall Street Journal stuff. Um, And so, yeah, on Tuesdays is my original piece that I write. And on Thursdays is kind of a, hey, here's what I've been reading if you're maybe interested in it too. So that's what goes on over there. Excellent. Great. Always interesting, Chris. Thanks for being with us. Thanks a lot, Chris. Yeah. Thanks again, guys. You You have a great day. You as well. Mm -hmm. It's our pleasure. um, We already talked about the workout songs. Yeah, we did. We're going to talk about something else. I don't know what yet, but I'm going to come up with it no, over no. this break. We've got this covered. We do really we? Do. Okay. Got I'm it. looking forward to it. Bye, Chris. Did you know that Big Lou can vaccinate your entire estate from the virus known as Uncle Sam? That's right. Big Lou and Term Provider have the only single-dose solution in town, a $1 million term life insurance policy. Yep, a $1 million term life insurance policy with no side effects. One call to Big Lou can lead to an entire estate vaccination that will provide 100% guaranteed protection against estate taxes and debt, even if you are a bit porky or have a splash of sugar diabetes. In fact, a 50-year-old male may qualify for half a million dollars of coverage for less than 100 bucks per month. A million for less than 200 per month. Call Big Lou at Term Provider to get the service and price you deserve with zero side effects. Call 800-555-2085 right now. 800-555-2085. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He follows the science, too. Call 800-555-2085 or visit BigLou.com. Big Lou doesn't give tax advice. I'm a North Hills girl, and I'm proud to serve that community that I've grown up with. 
with. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock. Nobody in my family was a dentist. It was kind of this innate thing planted in my heart since about first grade. And so God leading me down this path, it's been incredible to not only see my passion come to life, but to be able to do it at home is incredible. Exceptional dentistry, compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry. Perry Highway in Wexford. Visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. Remember the kids game Telephone? The teacher would whisper in the first kid's ear, I have a purple giraffe named Lucy. And then each kid would whisper that to the next kid to see if the message could make it to the end. At the end, little Johnny would of course yell out, My paper airplane is storming your Barbie castle. It's Ryan. And the point I'm trying to make is, sometimes, middlemen can create problems. At United Faith Mortgage, an important thing about us is that we have a direct lender advantage. We are an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. For you, this often allows us to get your loan done faster. And because we lend with our company's money, we can often get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money. We. Our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. This is Pastor Tom Hall of First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh. Maybe you've missed church because of the pandemic. Maybe it's been years since you've come, or maybe you've never darkened a church door. But maybe it's time to discover God's love, God's truth, God's purpose for your life. Join us at First Presbyterian Church, 326th Avenue, downtown Pittsburgh, Sunday mornings at 1045 or online at fpcp.org. You are welcome here. Hey, Word FM is throwing a party. It's our 15th annual Pastor Appreciation Luncheon coming up October 19th. It's going to be good. Very good. It's the uh, Double Tree, Hilton, and Green Tree. And if you're a senior pastor or an associate pastor and your spouses, it's free. Come on out and hang out. It's a really good time. Jack Graham, you may know from the PowerPoint show that airs here on Word FM. He'll be the keynote speaker. Special musical guest Vicki Truitt is there as well. We're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And we hope for, to we're see gonna, you. I, we're going to be doing a song, right, me and you? Right. We'll do a little song. It could be like uh, Stephen Eady, right? I don't think it's going to be anything like Stephen Eady. Right. could uh, be Captain and Sunil. I guess so, right? I wore a little hat. Um, Marilyn McCoo and Billy Davis Jr.? Oh, that's very nice. You don't have to be a star. Fifth dimension. A star baby to be in my show. Mm, anybody else? Mm, anybody? Uh, the Carpenters. <laughs> that's sad. Uh, no, no, it's okay. No, no, no I want to keep going. Don't come, because we're not going to. It's the Pastor Appreciation Luncheon, 15th Annual, Double Tree by Hilton, Green Tree, free event, wordfm.com. you got to RSVP. You just can't show up. Wordfm.com forward slash pal. And sign up, okay? I mean, senior pastors, associate pastors, spouses are welcome as well. It's always an excellent event. We hope to see you there. Peaches uh, and herb. Peaches and herb. No, reunited, uh, and it feels so good. No, I don't, none of those will be there, uh, and we're not going to entertain. Really, we're not. We're just going to uh, just say hello to you. We're not going to. No. Love to engage with the, and Christy will be there as well. Christy, this is your very first pal. This is. It's a. It's an extravaganza. I'll tell you that. I can't wait. We've had guys playing trumpets. Remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. We've uh, had fanfares. We've had all manner of instruments played. Right. We've had pastors wearing Steeler jerseys against their will. We've had children. Have we ever had pets? Any any dogs or cats show I for the do event? A horse? Not believe there's Nothing? been any pets. I'll no. just bring Milo. 
Oh, oh come that on. Special would be appearance by terrific. Mm-hmm. At the pal. He pastors you. Right. So. I mean, they do pet night at, you know, PNC Park. That's what I was thinking. Right? So they could do pet night at the uh, pastor. I don't think so. I'm disappointed that I can't think of a more male-female duo. Mm -hmm. WordFM.com, October 19th, Doubletree by Hilton Green Tree. Louis Armstrong and Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, that'd be very fabulous. (laughs) Neither one of them are available. Pastor Appreciation Lunch. Come and hang out. It'd be a great meal, a great speaker, and always really good fellowship. Nancy Wilson and Cannonball Otterly. Very, Very nice as well. All right, we'll take a quick break. Regroup for the 5 o'clock hour. We're at <gasps> Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. Donnie right and home. Marie. Oh, my goodness gracious. Heaven help us indeed. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Go ahead. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden has received his COVID-19 booster days after federal regulators recommended a third dose of the Pfizer vaccine for Americans age 65 and older and approved them for others with pre-existing medical conditions and high-risk work environments. The president says the unvaccinated are making things difficult for those Americans who have received their shot. About 23 percent haven't gotten any shots. And that uh, that distinct minority is causing an awful lot of us, uh, uh, an awful lot of damage for the rest of the country. He's visiting Chicago on Wednesday to emphasize why he believes it's important for most Americans to be vaccinated. A federal judge says John Hinckley, the man who tried to assassinate President Ronald Reagan, can be released unconditionally from the restrictions he's been living under next year if he remains mentally stable. This is SRA. Progressive Motorcycle presents Road Wisdom from the Motor. Half man, half motorcycle. Ride confidently in the direction of your dreams. Unless it's a bad dream, then turn around. Go the other way. Progressive Motorcycle also presents basic policies starting at $79 a year. Progressive Motorcycle for those who were born to ride. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates annual premium for basic liability policy is not available in all states. Is it time to push reset and get away with God? Christian travel creates purposeful pauses to discover the most scenic, sought-after destinations while you immerse yourself in the wonder of God's creation. As you travel alongside the world's top Christian leaders, every step of the way will revive your faith and awaken your sense of wonder. Imagine morning devotions on the deck of a cruise ship as you pass towering Alaska glaciers or tropical Caribbean islands. Perhaps you're longing to set foot in the very places where Jesus walked and taught in Israel. Every day on a Christian cruise or tour brings you to new vistas while you enjoy uplifting music and powerful messages. Get away with God in a faith-focused journey and the unforgettable memories you create will refresh you long after you return home. For more information, visit InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. That's InspirationCruises.com or call 800-247-1899. It only makes sense that since God is the almighty creator of all things, he also upholds and governs all the creatures of his hand. Everything in this world, therefore, is under his sovereign control. The unbeliever, of course, does not like to hear this. David writes in Psalm 14 that the wicked man claims there is no God. In Psalm 2, David again points out that the wicked of this world always attempt to break out from under God's rule. 
But God sits in the heavens and laughs at this puny attempt of the wicked who are under his divine control. In Psalm 113, we learn that our God is in the heavens and does whatever pleases him. God alone is creator. All else are creatures under his command. I'm Pastor Bill Brightsma of the Pittsburgh Protestant Reformed Church in Forest Hills. For information about us, check out prcpittsburgh.org or call 412-727-6811. Preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things that concern the Lord Jesus Christ. Pastor, reserve your free tickets now for the 15th Annual Word FM Pastor Appreciation Luncheon, 12 p.m. Tuesday, October 19th at the Doubletree by Hilton and Greentree. Senior and associate pastors and their spouses are invited to experience this day of gratitude, fellowship, and encouragement. Tuesday, October 19th, featuring keynote speaker Pastor Jack Graham, host of PowerPoint, heard daily on this station. Doors open at 10.30 a.m. Reservations are required. Your free tickets are available now at wordfm.com pastors. Tonight will become cloudy with a thunderstorm in spots towards dawn. Tonight's low 63. Tomorrow we'll see a few showers of the morning. Otherwise, clouds and breaks of sunshine with a high of 74. Tomorrow night will be clear and cooler with a low of 49. Wednesday, sunny skies with a high of 72. Thursday, mostly sunny, a pleasant day on tap, high 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Boy, it was such a beautiful afternoon yesterday. Wasn't it? As long as you weren't at Heinz Field. But we sat out in the backyard and uh, read the paper, and there are often red-tailed hawks uh, in our backyard flying. You know, and I'll kind of like wave my arm to sort of, and then they'll circle overhead to see, oh, should I kill that thing or but not? They're hoping that you'll die. Right, right, right. But, I mean. They're not the most compassionate of creatures. No, they're just doing their job, right, which is to feed themselves and their family. But it is beautiful to watch the gigantic, I mean, I'm big birds, and there's big birds here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, they're hawks outside our window. What are they? They're like. Um, I don't know what they are. They're hawks, they're but I don't know what they are. They're very big. Uh, yeah, they make the red tail hawk yeah. look small yeah. by comparison. Mm-hmm. They live on top of the building here. Anyway, the search for Kodiak, a Stellar's sea eagle that escaped from its habitat at the National Aviary, has entered its third day. Mm. Aviary officials said in an update today that they continue to look for the eagle, which they believe is still on the north side uh, where the facility is located. The Aviary reported Sunday that the eagle's habitat seems to have been compromised. Well, um, I don't know. Um, if you're an eagle like that and you get a chance at freedom, right, I would think that you'd be long gone. So is there a concern that the eagles won't survive? No. I believe that the eagles uh, can fend for themselves, even though this eagle you know, has been in captivity for any number of years. Um, I don't think they're worried about that. I just think they would like to have their eagle back. Although, can you imagine being in an enclosure all these many years and then all of a sudden being sprung free? Uh, uh, don't you think can he get can he get his food does he know how to do that or is he waiting for his menu he's he's waiting for his servants to bring him his lunch don't you think that nature would kick in or he's been in there for 17 years a long long time right 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, we have no spokesperson here from the aviary to talk about that. but um, Or from the Eagle community. Right. But they're looking, if they say, the National, the National Aviary is saying that if you spot this eagle, and he's glorious. I mean, he's gigantic, first of all. That's, you know, his plumage looks like. Yeah, I remember him. We were at the remember that day we were at the aviary when we, we were we were feeding penguins, which was super fun. Yeah, yeah, he's he's very regal. He's a large, large bird. Yes, I was going to say animal, but a bird isn't an animal, right? No, right. Large, a bird's a bird. Yeah, large, beautiful bird. A- anyway, uh, the National Aviary is saying if you do see this in your neighborhood, of course, would you please call the aviary? There's a like a, a hotline that the aviary has set up. Uh, four one two three two three seven two three five. Did you get that? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Just in case. I'll make All right. Call. Anyway, uh, birds. You know, I'm watching birds yesterday. The National Aviary Eagle Kodiak has gone missing, but um, uh, an article in today's Wall Street Journal about the birds thriving during yeah. COVID. Birds have kicked. It. I mean, they feel like all their dreams have come true since because COVID started. I mean, a lot less traffic, yep. a lot less people, and so birds have gone in and filled the void. Exactly. Populations of dozens of bird species rose significantly around city centers, major roads, and airports, apparently in response to the lull in human activity. A research team led by scientists at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg found some species were as much as 14 times more numerous during the lockdowns than before the pandemic. Holy heck. I mean, that's so cool. They're living their best life. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. Uh, in that same article, I was shocked to read this. About 600 million birds die in the United States each year in collisions with buildings, especially glass-covered or illuminated skyscrapers, according to a 2019 study published in Frontiers in Ecology and Environment. Oh, that's 600 that's million a, birds a that's year. A really, just terrible number. Yeah. Do you ever come across a dead bird? Yes. I never look. Don't you? No. Because I mean, like walking down like, the street. It like is so sad to me. But you have to see; they're so beautiful. They're incredible. I, I, I can't. The plumage, the the feet, the the. You're right. Everything about it's so gorgeous. It's just, really, it is. It's, but it's surprising. I mean, 600 million birds. You think that's a lot? That's I mean, a lot of birds. I, don't re- you, I rarely see <laughs> a dead bird. That's like two birds for every person in America. I didn't think about it like that. It is. Chicken in every pot. Something like that. Here's another thing about the Wall Street Journal article that I thought was interesting. Um, This is uh, Nicola Coper, a conservation scientist. Love her. She said, don't you love Nicola? She said, I'm shocked at the fact that we saw so many changes in bird behavior. All birds are way more sensitive to human disturbance and activity than any of us had realized. Once we reduced traffic, we got almost immediate movement of birds into these landscapes. There were 4.3 million observations by thousands of birders in the U.S. and Canada that were part of the study. So this is like a lot of information about yeah. birds. Now, interestingly, <laughs> pigeons appeared unaffected by the lockdown. The scientists pigeons. said, "Yep, mm-hmm. scientists or pigeons are doing what because they scientists are doing what they always did. Maybe they are too. Right. Uh, pigeons doing what they always have done. But American robins quickly moved into crowded urban areas and along roads they had previously shunned. And the number of ruby-throated hummingbirds seen near airports tripled. Hmm. Populations of bald eagles also increased more in counties with strict lockdowns than those with looser restrictions. And red-tailed hawks rose in city centers. Interesting. Okay, just a little sidebar here about pigeons. Remember Bill Burns? 
Sure, and Patty. Right. So, Daddy and Patty and Daddy. So Bill it. Burns was a newsman here in the uh, city of Pittsburgh KDK. for a long time, right? for decades. He had this weird, like, sort of like vendetta against pigeons. He would like sort of do like a kind of rant occasionally on the news about the pigeons in Market Square, and that like, made they made him mad. Yeah, it became like a thing, right? Okay, how about people who look like birds? People who look like birds. Who would that be? You don't. Okay. See, I, I, I shouldn't have brought it up, but here we go. Okay, so you know the guys. I can't think of their names, Christy. You're gonna have to help me. The guys that do the NHL, like if the if the Pens are on an NBC affiliate, like NBC Sports or whatever it is, the two guys, Pierre Maguire. Nope, not Pierre Maguire. The other two guys. The guys that are in the studio. Hmm. They look like birds. Mm-hmm, one of them does. Really? Mm-hmm. One of them looks particularly like a bird. Is it his hair? And he's a good guy. I'm not saying there's any. It's and he's not a. I'm not saying he's a bad looking man. No, he's a very fine looking man. He just is bird like in his appearance. Really. Uh, As soon as I, I I mean, it could be worse. I can't think of either one of their names. Is Mm. it the the blonde guys? Nope. No dark hair. As soon as you see him, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, he does look like a bird. That should be like a a Jeopardy category. What people People who look look like birds for two hundred, please? It's kind of like. Maybe it might be NHL tonight. Um, it's kind of like the people who end up looking like their dogs. <laughs> that happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you were a bird, what, what bird would you be? I feel terrible that I don't really know birds. birds. I don't really know birds. You don't have a field guide to birds. I don't. I'm I I I I'm sad about it. One time uh, I was with my nephew. He was a teenager, and we were out like in Frick Park, and we were walking, and there was like a bird uh, watching group. Okay. And so we like kind of tailed along. Tailed and, along. Yeah. No pun intended. No pun intended. And uh, we were asked to leave after a short while because we were being a little too rowdy for the group. But it's, I mean, it's fascinating because. I know that I, um, John Stott, famous Christian theologian oh, sure. from. Loved um, birds. Right. UK loved birds. Mm-hmm. Wrote a book about birds. Yeah. Um, and I always felt like John Stott had the quiet. Demeanor. Att- and attentiveness mm-hmm. to be able to appreciate what the intricacies of the world bird watching the bird world i mean because you now have a have a nice pair of binoculars right and a field guide and then you now i mean holy you you jump online you can register where you are the birds that you're seeing it's a whole community which is fascinating anyway back to the eagle Mm -hmm. the eagle probably what do you think what are the odds are that the eagle will come back do you think it will come back He's been gone for three days. Kodiak, gone for My three question days. is: They're saying he might still be on the north is side. Is that a long time for an eagle? Is or is that like in bird do, do, behavior? Do, do, do. Is that a thing? I say yes. He's coming back. Right. You That's say, what I say. I say he's mm-hmm. long gone. Okay. Do 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 do. Right. That's what I'm doing. Are you doing that? I'm Fly still trying like to, an eagle. I'm still looking up the guy who go. looks like a bird. The guy who looks like a bird. Oh, mm-hmm. Anyway, maybe that'll be the, the next uh, segment. Shall we take a break? Yes, I think we should. Right, we do come back. When we do come back, uh, Ryan Burge is with us. One in 10 non-church members still show up every Sunday. Straight ahead on the ride home. WORD. I won! I won! Yes! 
and we want you to win, too. So sign up to receive our contests and sweepstakes update. Each Friday, you can see new opportunities to win. We regularly give out prizes from books, music, and merchandise to household items, even vacation trips or car payments. Stay up on all the fun. Subscribe to our contests and sweepstakes update, mailed each Friday. Sign up today at wordfm.com slash subscribe. Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. Get deep discounts on MyPillow mattress toppers, towels, and so much more. For example, Mike is offering a buy one, get one free offer on Giza sheets. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza Sheets. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great specials. That's 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. How much do you have saved for retirement? Now, cut that number in half. That's the impact inflation could have on your retirement. Have you thought about that and how it will affect your retirement plans? If not, you should. Recently, inflation's been over 5%, but even at the historical average of 3%, the value of your savings could be cut in half in 20 years. So what can you do? Start by getting a free booklet from Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group. It will help you understand how inflation could impact you and show you simple ways to prepare for it. To get your copy of this free booklet from Kurt Kenotic and the Accurate Solutions Group team, call or text INFLATION to 412-515-3555. That's inflation to 412-515-3555. Inflation, you can't stop it, but you may be able to minimize its impact on your retirement. Call or text inflation to 412-515-3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. With today's technology, anyone can take a video, but getting it ready for prime time, that's something many churches aren't equipped to handle. Here at Salem Video, we offer churches everything they need to go from rough cut to picture lock. With your raw footage, we can produce great looking videos for your social media, podcast, website, and even live service element. From text animation, visual effects, transitions, logos, music, and more. Here's where we put it all together. What can Salem Video do for you? Ask GM Brad Marshall at 412-503-4770. Ryan Burst is back with us. He wrote a piece at Christianity Today called One in Ten Non-Church Members Still Show Up Every Sunday. Ryan, that's a weird finding. It is a weird finding. But, you know, it all comes from this Gallup report that came out over the summer that said the church membership dropped below 50% in the first time in American history. And I started getting phone calls from every reporter from every outlet in America saying, what's going on? And I had to say, isn't that kind of an odd question to ask in 2021? Are you a member of a church, mosque, or synagogue? Because things have changed in the last 80 years when it comes to church membership. All right. So let's talk about why it's changed and what that means. And let me just say that The Ride Home is streaming live on YouTube at The Word Pittsburgh. We've got Ryan Burge with us on YouTube. I'm waving to you, Ryan. How you doing? 
Hi, yeah. hey, everybody. Always good to see you. All right, oh, so let's talk you. about why it's weird. So membership in everything, it has declined. So, you know, I drive past um, what used to be like a moose lodge um, sure. sometimes when I go home. The fraternal. And the fraternal order of, or the, Rotary, e- or the eagles, all of those things have declined. Boy Scouts, um, you name it. Like, we could go on and on. So is... Is this just a further proof that our faith in institutions has devolved, or is it the fact that we're too busy, or we just don't Care like anymore. people anymore? Yeah, all the above. Okay. Um, there's a book that came out in the 90s called Bowling Alone by Robert Putnam, mm. and the title of the book comes from the fact that Putnam tracked bowling league membership from about 1900 to 1980 and found that you know bowling leagues had dropped by two-thirds from the peak in the 1950s to the 1980s. Yeah, so the titles, we don't bowl in bowling leagues anymore. We bowl alone. And we, you know, now we do everything alone, right? We don't join clubs anymore. We don't, I mean, I'm on the board of a recreation club here in my town. We have a swimming pool, and, you know, it's our job to take care of it. We cannot find five board members to join this, this uh, board to be on this club. So we have a really hard time keeping organizations going. And churches are not immune to that. You know, the other thing that's going on with churches is they stopped talking about membership a long time ago. A lot of these non-denominational churches just don't say, you know, come forward and sign a membership card and we'll move your membership from your old church. That just seems like an antiquated, like your grandmother's idea of church. So they stopped doing it. So people can go to church and not be members now in ways they couldn't 20, 30, 40 years ago. Right. But as a church member, though, you have a vested interest in the church itself, right? Yeah, I, I would imagine, I don't know if this is true or not, that as a church member, you would give more. You would be more likely to show up for social functions. Your children would be more engaged. Is that true, you think? All those things are true, but I think the movement now is to grow, 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 you know, especially for these newer non-denominational churches. Growth is really the reason they exist, and so the one thing they try to do consistently is make a very small barrier to entry, and if membership's a barrier to entry, they get rid of it. You know, they're the kind of church that has church on Friday night and Saturday night and Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon, and they have kids' things, and they have, you know, lights and sounds and all those things, which are great. The problem is if it makes it easier to get in, it makes it easier to get out at the same time. So a lot of these churches have a lot of people come, but then they leave and there's really no attachment they ever had in the first place like membership provides. Right, right. So uh, how does COVID fit into this, right? Or so, does it? Or does it fit? It has to because yeah. COVID fits into everything because it ruins everything. Um, so does this, so this has exacerbated people's reticence to, to show up or to show up regularly? Yeah, I think the data is, it's really early with the data. I mean, we're still, you know, we're still in COVID time in a lot of ways. I think there's, there's some churches that still haven't met at all in person in the last 18 months. So we still haven't really seen, you know, all this borne out. The other thing that makes it difficult data-wise is if your church is older, you might have people who got really sick over the last 18 months, you know, can't come to church now that would, but just are older now and can't make it. The initial data says that attendance and church membership is kind of on the same trajectory it was before COVID. So it's hard to figure out what is sort of these macro level things going on in America with secularization and deinstitutionalization and what actually COVID accelerated. So there's some projects going on. I have friends working on this $5 million Lilly grant that's trying to figure out exactly how COVID impacted the local church. But that's a three-year project where you have to talk to pastors, talk to congregants, do surveys. So we're not going to get the full answer to that question for a couple of years at least. I see. So, Ryan, are there... Uh, faith denominations that people are more tuned to joining as opposed to just non-denom? No. Um, If you look at the data, there's not a single tradition in America, denominational tradition in America today, that's larger than it was 10 years ago. Is that right? 
Absolutely correct. Wow. Yeah. And actually in my new book, I talk about that. Like the, it's called 20 myths about religion and politics in America. And one myth is that non-denominational churches are rare. They're actually becoming mainstream more and more. About a quarter of all Protestants today are non-denominational. And they're the only tradition, not really a tradition, but you know what I mean. The only tradition that grew over the last 10 years, Baptists are down, Methodists are down, Presbyterians are down. I mean, every tradition's down except non-denominational. And if you look at the membership roles of most of the established, the, large, the top 10 denominations in America, in some cases, they're down 30 or 40% from where they were just 10 years ago. I mean, the SBC went from 16.2 million to 14.1 million in about 15 years. I mean, they lost 2 million people in 15 years, and they're, one of the, they're the largest denomination in America. Wow. So no one is unscathed from what's happened over the last 10 or 15 years. I see. So then, okay, so the church, uh, America is more secular than ever before. Church attendance is down. Those things go hand in hand. What does that portend? I mean, what, what do you see? I see a future where there are many churches that close down because they can't get leadership. You know, they can't either afford a pastor. I mean, most churches now are going to part-time pastors or quarter-time pastors, you know, to keep the lights on. But the thing is, we also need people to staff church councils, you know, uh, elder boards, deacon boards, all those things too. And it seems like the younger generation, and I'll include myself in this, is just more reluctant to give away their time to organizations. I don't know if they don't see the return on investment or it's just a general predisposition to not join things, but we're going to see a lot of places close from lack of leadership going forward, especially as the baby boomers and older folks, you know, get older and are unable to do those things anymore. I don't see, you know, huge numbers of younger people stepping into that gap and really leading these organizations of the 21st century. To me, that's like the devolving of American society. It is. And it's a, it's a tragic. The thing is, I think people don't realize there's such a good return on investment for being social. I mean, if you look at all the social science literature, you see the more social you are, the higher income you have, the higher education you have, the more happiness you have, the more life satisfaction you have. I mean, in every possible way, we're designed to be social creatures. But yet over the last five or 10 years, we've sort of gone against the grain of who we are and become less social. I would even argue that we think that social media is real socialization and nothing in the literature says that's true. In many ways, it's actually the opposite of socialization. It drives us apart more than it drives mm-hmm. us together. It drives up dissatisfaction, depression, loneliness, sense of isolation. So I think we're trying to replace the real thing with something that's even worse than nothing. It's actually making us worse overall. Yeah. So it's anti-social media, actually. Yeah. Uh, yes, basically. Dr. Ryan Burge is with us, Assistant Professor of Political Science at Eastern Illinois University. Um, his research appears on the site Religion in Public. He tweets at Ryan Burge, so you can find him there. Fascinating. Um, Ryan, what about um, a, a way to work with that? I mean, I know that, you know, that's probably not your specialty because you're like the number cruncher. But I guess just I'm looking for your, your personal opinion. I'm thinking about my own church when you're talking. And I'm, and I'm really grateful because I see how intentional our church leadership has been to recruit younger people um, to serve on those sorts of boards, like people who are 25 years old. You know, we need you. So it's not just a bunch of people who are 65 who are doing it. Um, but what about any indications or experiences you've had that make you think, OK, well, this might be something that would help, you know, kind of take the edge off of this type of decline? Yeah. So the one thing I've been, I've been talking to a lot of pastors and churches over the last six months after the books come out and they say, well, what do we do to stop the rise of the nuns? And I would say the one thing my social science background taught me was that pastors are too much focused on the horizontal, which is between you and God and not enough focused on the vertical, which is you and other people. 
the church serves both purposes. It's just we sort of forgot the horizontal purpose at some point, right? Hanging out is a good thing. It's good for your people spiritually, emotionally, relationally. In every possible way, it's good to have friends. It's good to have people in the church that you rely on. And maybe the church needs to be, you know, it seems like the church I grew up in, which was an evangelical Southern Baptist, everything had to be about evangelization and everything had to be about getting people up front and everything had to be about growing the church. And it wasn't enough just about let's just hang out. Let's create space for families to come together and just have a safe place to talk and kids can play and do all those things. I think that churches need to be more mindful of creating these lower barriers to entry to begin with, especially. I'm a big believer in that people come to church for the wrong reasons and they stay for the right reasons. So churches need to give them, you know, like free food's a great reason to come to church. Doesn't going to get you to heaven, but it's going to get you in the door. So bounce houses, carnivals, you know, just get togethers, make the church a hospitable place, a social hub for the community. And I think when you start doing that, what you're going to see is more and more of those people make their way from the fellowship hall or the gym down to the sanctuary on Sunday morning and become core members of the church. But when it comes to joining things, I think we need to make it easier. This is not a five hour, 10 hour a week commitment. This is a one hour a month commitment. Start there and spread the wealth a little bit. Don't have five people do everything. Have 20 or 25 people do a little bit. That way they feel invested and attached, but not overwhelmed at the same time. I think that's how you keep those people in leadership is by not burning them out by making them do all these things all at once. Fabulous. Okay, so Ryan, I I love what you're saying here, tracking along here. Is there a way to get the word out, right? Whether it's the church itself or society as a whole, the two go hand in hand. I think it's going to take some macro level stuff. I mean, I hope to be one of those people that kind of leads the charge in my generation and says, hey, you know what? We are not social and it is not good. Um, I always feel better when I, like on Saturday, went to a parade with a bunch of friends and their families and we had lunch at a Mexican restaurant, spent four or five hours being social. I felt good for two or three days after that. I'm still riding the high of that social experience. And I think the more that we get out of our shell and the more we get back into society, the more good we see and the more, you know, positive personal impact that we see. And I think churches can be part of that, but I think society as a whole, religious or not, we got to become more social because a lot of the ills that's facing America with polarization and all the conspiracy theories and the hate that goes back and forth is largely because we don't talk to each other anymore. So finding ways for us to build bridges from one side to the other side is what we should all be focusing on going forward. That's, so That's fabulous. That Excellent. is really good. Hey, wait, before you leave us, talk about, you know, you've got a book out now and you got a new book coming out soon, right? Yeah. So the nuns came out in March, the nuns, where they came from, who they are, where they're going. pages. N-O-N-E-S, 42 graphs, 61 pages about the religiously unaffiliated in America. And the new book comes out in March of 2022 called 20 Myths about Religion and Politics in America. 20 little chapters, about 2,000 words each, 67 graphs, 58,000 words. You can read any chapter in any order you want and learn something about American religion okay. and politics. Uh, yeah, okay, so wait. So I, I need to just delve a little bit into this. Okay, so g- yeah. okay, give me a little like um, give me a little teaser. So if this was a film and I was watching the trailer, um, yeah. what would I see? You would see the first chapter, which says that evangel- the myth is that evangelicals are in decline. They are absolutely not in decline. The share of Americans who are evangelical today is actually larger than it was in 1972. Wait, what? Now, th- yes, they're up. In, ni- in 1972, only 19% of Americans were evangelical. Today, it's 22% of Americans are evangelical. Uh, evangelicalism is doing just fine, thank you very much. All the people who are prophets of doom about evangelicalism are completely wrong if you look at the data. But wait, is that just a label? Is it just a word? 
No, that's actually people who are attached to an evangelical tradition, not self-identification. So other things like, you know, there's po- political stuff in there, for instance, that um, white evangelicals did not favor Donald Trump in the primary. That's false. They fared him from the very beginning. Um, mm. e- oh, at every attendance level, except more than once a week, they favored Donald Trump by large margins. He was the favorite from the very beginning. Um, things like black Protestants are liberals. Black Protestants are not liberals. They're Democrats. They're actually moderate. Um, 60% of black Protestants identify as moderate, only 20% identify as liberal. So there's all these things that we, we think we throw out there that you see on social media, and it's just flat out wrong if you look at the data with any depth. And if we would look at the data in any depth, what would that change? I think the thing in the book I try to make this argument is we should be more empirical which is we should be less driven by anecdotes and more driven by data. And our brains, I think our brains are broken. And that one story can throw us off completely. Like I had someone say, you know, seatbelts. I don't use seatbelts because my cousin got in a car accident with a seatbelt and it cut him in half and he died. So I think they're dangerous. If you look at the data, 10% of Americans don't wear seatbelts and they they constitute 90% of all the traffic deaths in America. So you are much more likely to die if you're not wearing a seatbelt than if you are. But if you hear one story about a seatbelt killing someone, your brain locks in on that, unfortunately, and forgets the bigger data picture. Okay, which, so oh, that brings us to the COVID vaccine. Yeah. Right? You should get the vaccine. Oh, my goodness gracious. The data is exceedingly clear on the COVID vaccine. There is almost no side effects. We've vaccinated billions with a B, billions of people. And you know the number of deaths that we've attributed to the vaccine in America or around the world is zero right now? Not a single attributable death to the vaccine. And you want to people 660,000 people died of COVID in the United States. The evidence is exceedingly clear. The vaccine is safe. It's effective, especially if you're in a high-risk group, especially if you're older, you need to get vaccinated right now. There's okay, no so, reason okay, not to. So what does that mean? That means that we trust the story about my cousin with a seatbelt more yes. than we trust the information that we read in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. That's because exa- our brains don't work with the data. We're not good at math. I think no okay. one's good inherently at math. We like story. Story mm, motivates yeah. us. And relationship okay. stories, okay. right? So as my cousin, it, right, that, that whole thing, oh, yeah. I trust somebody that I know because this happened to him. The numbers are a different thing. Exactly. You hear that one story, someone have a bad reaction to the vaccine. You're like, nope, never again. But you don't hear the 150 million Americans who got the vaccine and went home and had a sore arm and got up the next day and did not die from COVID. I mean, that's the thing. We don't hear the negative examples, the things that don't happen. We only hear the things that do happen. And we have to constantly be thinking about what we're not thinking about, what we're missing. And if you look at the data, it actually kind of re- reorganizes and rewires your brain in such a way where you go, okay, I, you can tell me an anecdote, but I know what the data says. Absolutely. So you can't, you can't overwhelm me with one story. Very good. That's hey, right. good. Before we leave us, tell us uh, where people can find you and your book again. Yeah. Uh, so – the Nuns, N-O-N-E-S, came out in March. You can buy on Amazon right now. You can pre-order 20 Myths about Religion and Politics in America on Amazon as well right now. You can follow me on social at Ryan Burge, R-Y-A-N-B-U-R-G-E. My website is ryanburge.net. Fascinating. Awesome. Ryan, always Thanks, Ryan. great. Thanks an awful lot. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. You good, as well. Good to see you. Bye. Ryan Burge. Hey, uh, we'll take a quick break. Come back. Does this make sense? That's up next. At Grove City College, dare I say things are back to normal? I mean, that's probably not accurate because nothing is back to normal. But just over the weekend, I was talking to some students who were on campus at Grove City, and they were saying, wow, like this fall has been fun for them because there were all of these activities that have 
been happening that they weren't able to do last year because of COVID, right? And like this weekend was the first football game. So the whole student body was there for a whiteout. There are all sorts of activity fairs and stuff going on with different arts groups and fraternities, sorority, whatever it is. People are living like the fun things about college. Now, the terrific thing about Grove City is last year when COVID was at its peak, there were still classes going on and there were still in-person classes going on. So the relationships that students were able to have with professors, I mean, it was different because of masking and all of that, but it still happened. And that's really wonderful thing. Um, but a lot of the social things didn't happen. And that is kind of coming around again this year in spite of the continuing threat from COVID. And I really think that's because of the commitment of the leaders and the administration at the campus wanting to do the very best they can for the kids that are there. If you've got a kid, you're interested in a university setting that is of high integrity, look at Grove City College, gcc.edu. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name is Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Hi, Mom. I'm heading out with the kids for seasonal flu vaccines. But you're so healthy. That might not protect us. We know someone whose healthy nephew died last year from the flu. That's awful. I get my vaccine every year. It makes sense for all of you, too. Seasonal influenza is a serious and sometimes deadly disease. Health officials recommend vaccination for all children six months through 18 years. Get fluent. Learn the flu facts. Visit PreventChildhoodInfluenza.org. Tonight will become cloudy with a thunderstorm in spots towards dawn. Tonight's low 63. Tomorrow we'll see a few showers of the morning. Otherwise, clouds and breaks of sunshine with a high of 74. Tomorrow night will be clear and cooler with a low of 49. Wednesday, sunny skies with a high of 72. Thursday, mostly sunny, a pleasant day on tap, high 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? A cordless rechargeable vacuum. Yes. Not a hand vac. Like an actual vacuum. Are you not a dustbuster? Mm -mm. Well, never having had a larger vacuum, I'll say this the dustbuster, because I'm only using the dustbuster. Max four minutes. There's enough power. Mm-hmm. A big vacuum cleaner, 
I'm not sure because it, it goes back to like you know you see guys out you know using a cordless or um, or ga- a non gas powered lawnmower. I think I'm not sure I would buy into that. Mm-hmm. So is there enough power for a vacuum cleaner? It doesn't make a lot of sense right now. I would say. Does it make sense to you? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. John. You're gonna buy one? Well, I, I, someone suggested I buy one, and I thought to myself. I don't think that makes sense. Well, they're running cars on batteries. That's the next thing I told myself. Maybe it does make sense. Why would you want, just because you're tired of the cord? Exactly. Eh, it's a minor thing. My husband just got a cordless hedge trimmer. It's changed his life. It's changed his life. He's like a different really? person really? on Saturdays. So happy now. So at this point, I'm going to say it's a new, brand new category. It might make sense. All right. It might make sense. That's a big maybe. All right. Does this make sense? Frozen pizza. Oh. All right. Now, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. It's pizza night. Everybody likes a nice, big, or two hot, fresh pizza from your favorite pizzeria, right? Yes. Everybody's in. But then there's those off moments. Off you know what I'm saying. I've, yeah, I've had an off moment You might, here you know, there. there might be two of you at home uh-huh. instead of the crowd. Or it just might be yourself and you go, I could go for pizza, but I don't want to spend 20 bucks. And I got to, you know, name your favorite frozen pizza brand, if there is such a thing. And you think, I'll pop that in the oven. And 15 minutes later, I got a pizza. Now, it's not really like a great pizza. It's not even a good one. I mean, some of them are not bad. No, they are. So, does a frozen pizza make sense to you? Nope. It makes sense to me? Nope. I'll tell you what right now. What? I would rather have one pizza a month and have it be like made at a place than have four different pizzas well, from the frozen island. I get that. but in Same a amount pinch, of money. Same amount of money. It's 1 a.m. Nope. Give me a frozen pizza. Nope. Mm-mm, I like a frozen pizza. Just wait till tomorrow and order yourself a real pizza. Frozen pizzas make sense. Nope. Absolutely not. You should never do a frozen pizza. Cordless vacuum cleaner? No, no, no. Maybe. maybe. Mm. That's a new category. 101.5 WORD. What happens when you open God's Word every day? I'm Alan Jackson, and I have the privilege of joining you every weekday here on the radio. I see the transforming effect of God's Word daily. Lives are changed because His Word gives us insight for the challenges we face and encouragement in our walk with the Lord. Join me and let's see what God has in store for us today. A fresh look at Scripture, weekday mornings at 9.30, Alan Jackson Ministries on 101.5 WORD. When it comes to our business, I've got a couple of pet peeves. One is how difficult it is to keep the paper towel dispensers full in our bathrooms. Impossible. My second pet peeve is the number of solicitors we get asking us to advertise. TV, billboards, social media, newspaper, little papers, big mailers, mini mailers. A forever nightmare. It's Ryan. And a bunch of years back, our Faith and Family Mortgage Team made a decision to only advertise on Christian radio. Our faith is a big deal to us. And so we figured it was a good place to start. And we haven't changed since. And here's the point. We're all in here on Word FM. We chose this station for a reason. We love this station. And if you choose to call, I think you'll find a team on the other end that wants to serve you specifically. Now, if I can just figure out the paper towel thing. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Thinking about life insurance? 
What if you could make one free phone call and learn your best price from nearly a dozen highly rated price competitive companies? Well, that's exactly what happens when you call SelectQuote Life. For example, George is 40. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $25 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino. And believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For a free quote, call 800-523-3771. That's 800-523-3771. 800-523-3771. Or go to selectquote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. Hello, Word FM listeners. I'm Andrew Pawaski, General Sales Manager at Salem Media here in Pittsburgh. Looking to upgrade your career? Increase your annual earnings? At Salem Media, we sell advertising campaigns to local business owners using our radio stations and Salem Surround assets featuring over 50 social media and digital products. If you have more than two years of successful outside sales experience, proficient computer skills, and a drive to be the best, please go to salem.cc and look for Pittsburgh under the Careers tab. Salem Media Pittsburgh is an equal opportunity employer. I was talking about this a little earlier in the show. I'm sitting outside yesterday in the backyard reading the Sunday paper, which I still love to do. I'll say that. Whenever it arrives. Because sometimes it doesn't. Many times it doesn't. Uh, However, I hear this. I know exactly what that is. I look up in the sky and there's often at least one, sometimes two, red-tailed hawks. And they fly overhead. And depending upon where the sun is, they illuminate. There's silver in the sky. They're under, you know, carriages. Silver with that slight red on their on their tail. The red. It's incredible. I never, ever, ever get tired of it. It is absolutely, incredibly awe-inspiring. It's beautiful. Now, what about you? We saw a thing today about how awe yeah. makes you feel better. Yeah. Now, awe can be little tiny things or massive things. Right. A-W-E is what yeah. we're talking about. Do you think about awe I do. I do. It is an essential part of my life. The ability I, to I feel seek it awe. Out. I seek it out. I seek it out. So last uh, week, you know, week before last, um, I was on YouTube, uh, which happens in the evening when I'm looking for music, and... I saw that one of my favorite all-time bands, which is um, a trio from from Sweden called Dirty Loops, they had a new song out. Dirty Loops. Dirty Loops. They had a new song out uh, that it actually wasn't particularly new, but I just hadn't seen it. And so I watched it. These three people, it's a keyboard player, a bass player, and a drummer. They are just absolutely unbelievable musicians no it's just i they're swedish like i yeah i just don't have words really? for how unbelievable they are um they're managed by quincy jones now which gives you an idea of what kind of right. level we're talking about but i watched their latest video i bet i watched it 20 times 
in over a two-day period. You were awe-inspired. It was so inspiring really? that, pe- first of all, that people could be that accomplished on an instrument, mm. but that they could find other people mm-hmm. that were that accomplished on their together. instruments and do it together. It was just, I don't, I find, that's what keeps me light. Because life can be so heavy. <laughs> it can be so hard. But there are those moments when you're watching something like that that you think, or yesterday, I sat down to listen to the Steeler game because I canceled cable. And thank goodness, because it was really a blessing, right? That I wasn't watching it, that I only had to, you know, listen to it. But anyway, I was listening to the game and my cat, Charlotte, came up to me. Hmm. Charlotte is a very quirky animal, but is the single, I think she could be the single softest creature that God has ever made. Hmm, Really? Okay. So she came, it was Sunday afternoon. I'm under a blanket. She came up. She cuddled with me in, and, and moved around like every 20, for three and a half hours. She would not leave me. Wow. And the whole time I was like, this is so amazing mm-hmm. that, it, that a human being and an animal can hang out like this. Connect like it's that. It's really wonderful. Right. I don't want to take it for granted. I couldn't take a nap because I was so like. Moved by it. Moved by it. I thought this is really, I don't want to, I don't want to forget, I don't want to take it for granted or treat it cheaply. That it's just an amazing thing. Okay, so that's good. So, I mean, that's pretty basic, right? A lot of people would say, wait a second, a cat made you kind of go, oh, you know, filled with awe. Now I'm seeing birds in the sky, filled with awe. Now, uh, we saw this piece in the Wall Street Journal, awe makes you feel better. Here's a surprising way to find it. Now, in this piece uh, written by um, writer Elizabeth Bernstein, she talks about the insignificant things. Like uh, She brings out a story, Ted Meek, 71, a retired printing equipment salesman from Indianapolis, described feeling awe watching a young nurse tidy up his wife's bed and reassure him with her calm presence Mm -hmm. after she was hospitalized with acute pancreatitis in 2019. A caregiver mm-hmm. listen, fixing up your bed. I had listen. I had that almost that exact same feeling. That that that. I'm so glad you brought that up because when uh, when my dad was uh, very ill, he was in the hospital and he ended up having a heart attack while he was in the hospital and he was transferred to the cardiac care unit and he was very 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 ill and I went in uh, when the hospital called and said what happened. So it was maybe five in the morning or four thirty in the morning and I walked into the room. And he was still unconscious, but Sydney, I'll never forget her name, Sydney the nurse, was in his room. So it was just me sitting in a chair and Sydney and my dad there. And of course, I was extremely upset. Yeah. Sydney was so. Sydney had it under control. Do you know that people who give off that? Right. That she was very circumspect about what she was doing she was very procedural about what she was doing and just her we did not talk but her presence made me feel like everything's going to be okay there was hope Mm -hmm. yeah so the crux is they're saying in this piece is that you remembered i see you see that when you feel awe you should speak of it you should name it you should pass it along so that others are aware that awe exists every day, all day. We are surrounded by awe-like things. We think, you know, awe is only required or only reserved 
when we step along the rim of the Grand Canyon. Right. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, when you go down and you put, you know, you start your car engine, that's awe-inspiring. All the people and all the science and all the craftsmanship that goes into that, everything that we're surrounded by. This moment, we're speaking to you in a microphone, and we can't even see you, but we know that you're out there, and we feel your presence back to us, this relationship, this exchange, when we see you in person at events, it does come back to us, and we're giving to you, and you're giving to us. That's awe-inspiring. That's incredible. Sunday morning at church, that is filled with, yeah. from the second you get out of your car, the minute you get up in the morning, all those things that God has given us, the gift of it all. I believe on our deathbed, you clutching for final seconds of consciousness because life itself is so completely overflowing with awe. Mm -hmm. That's the beauty of what it is to be alive. You know, you two song Beautiful Day. Yeah. That's what that's about, right? It's about somebody who's dying and watching. The minutia. Amazing things, right? Just see, it's a beautiful day. Yeah. I couldn't be more basic than that. I don't know. Life's a gift, and it truly is incredible. And our Lord and Savior is the architect and engineer of it all, is he not? We'll step away. It's the Ride Home with John and Kathy. We're Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. We're broadcasting on YouTube, The Word Pittsburgh. Back in a few. Looking for a holiday job or seasonal work? It's time to get to know Express Employment Professionals. Visit ExpressPros.com to find your local office and let them help you find a job. No fees for job seekers. ExpressPros.com. Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listeners specials. Get deep discounts on MyPillow mattress toppers, towels, and so much more. For example, Mike is offering a buy one, get one free offer on Giza sheets. All MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener specials for the buy one, get one free offer on Giza sheets. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great specials. That's 800-391-0954. Use promo code WORD. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, is MyPillow.com. How much do you have saved for retirement? Now, cut that number in half. That's the impact inflation could have on your retirement. Have you thought about that and how it will affect your retirement plans? If not, you should. Recently, inflation's been over 5%, but even at the historical average of 3%, the value of your savings could be cut in half in 20 years. So what can you do? Start by getting a free booklet from Kurt Konodik at Accurate Solutions Group. It will help you understand how inflation could impact you and show you simple ways to prepare for it. To get your copy of this free booklet from Kurt Konodik and the Accurate Solutions Group team, call or text INFLATION to 412-515-3555. That's INFLATION to 412-515-3555. Inflation. You can't stop it, but you may be able to minimize its impact on your retirement. Call or text inflation to 412 515 3555. Firm offers insurance services, investment advisory services are offered through ASG Investment Management LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Your goals, your future, your dreams. 
These things are none of our business. Your symptoms, your work from home sweatpants, and whatever you were searching for at 1.15 a.m., that's really none of our business. Because your life is private, and unlike other tech companies, we think your internet should be too. Oh, who's that from? Ah, that's none of our business either. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. It's getting harder and harder to make sense out of today's headlines. To stay on top of breaking world and national news with a Christian worldview and a faith-based perspective on what it means, turn to ChristianHeadlines.com. Log on to ChristianHeadlines.com for the very latest news and then sign up for our free daily newsletter to stay one step ahead of what's happening. Get out of the mainstream media rut with top news and positive headlines every day with ChristianHeadlines.com. Unbelievable news today, really. Oh, tell me. Unbelievable. Awe-inspiring? Well, I think it might be a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask. Fisher-Price, the toy company, has launched three new Little People collections. Now, you might, you, you know the Little People things? Yeah. You know, they're like... A little anyway. like weebles. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, they are the Rolling Stones, <laughs> which I think is great. What? Yeah. Fisher Price now and Mick Jagger yeah. are partnering. Uh-huh. Yeah. But my favorite thing, yeah. and the thing that shocked me most and should make us all just sit up a little straighter in our chair, is the Golden Girls. What? Yep. It's the, true. The Golden Girls and the Fisher Golden Price. The Golden Girls New Little People collection. What? Yes. Dorothy, Rose, Blanche, and Sophia were designed, quote, I'm reading from the trib here, with each character's vibrant and distinctive look. From Dorothy's bold-looking sets while expressing her sarcastic face, Rose's colorful sweaters, Blanche's dazzling jumpsuits and sparkly outfits, and even Sophia's patterned dresses, cardigans, and signature wicker purse, the Little People Collector line is an ode to their timeless glitz and glam. All right. Producer Christy, uh, uh chime in, please. Uh, Are you excited? Do you have a pre-order in? Um, I did not know about this. Mm-hmm. That's why you listen to the ride. That's home. exactly why I listen mm-hmm. to the ride home. Mm-hmm. I have the office version. Oh, do you? So I will now have to get the Golden Girls version as well. It's, jump listen, on there. Yeah. it's it's going to be great. You will. My favorite part of it is their hair. I mean, they've done a really great job with really, the hair. Really. I also want you to know that if the Golden Girls aren't inspiring enough, and they should be, right? To all of us, I'm not so sure about that. Okay. I'm not. Well, I'm th- not really sold in yet. <laughs> you got to watch more than one episode. I watched two. Oh, look out. Okay. <laughs> he watched another one. He was like, I don't know. Uh, there is an inspiring women collection, which includes, are you ready for these people, John? Would you oh. like to see these as, as little, what are they called, little people? Uh, uh, Amelia Earhart. Oh. Rosa Parks. Mm-hmm. Sally Ride. And Maya Angelou. They come as a set. Really? Four female role models, trailblazing women from American history. Now, is that greater on a scale than the Golden Girls? Well, yes, because the Golden Girls are like, you know, fictional TV show. Thank you. I mean, right? good. I just wanted to make sure we were on the These same These are women who are like change um, the world Amelia Earhart, Rosa Parks, Sally Ride, and Maya Angelou. I mean, yeah. they are pretty impressive people. Yeah. Um, what about, the, are you looking right now at how they look? I'm looking at the Golden Girls. They're pretty cute, Price. aren't they? You don't think they are? I think they're pretty accurate. I, are they? I think they're pretty, are you, yeah. are you there looking? At, yeah, I'm looking at Amazon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess. I, I, I don't know. I have no comment. Okay, what about the Rolling Stones? Have you seen that one? I've not seen the Rolling Stones. Okay, well, look up the Rolling Stones and tell me what you think. To be honest with you, I don't think any of them... They don't... First of all, I'm not a Stones fan, so maybe this doesn't... No. Really? It's not that I dislike them. I'm just not a fan. So, I mean, I get you see mixed lips. That's kind of funny. 
Yeah, uh, I guess. Uh, so, but these are really not for little kids. Well, clearly, the little kids right? are going to buy they're the not, Golden Girls thing go, or the no, Stones. No, they're not going to know who they are. No, and if and if somebody buys the Sally Ride Amelia Earhart set with Maya Angelou and Rosa Parks. The reason that they're buying them is because a, a parent thinks it's, it's an important. Educational opportunity yeah. for the little kids. Yeah, right. But the stones. I mean, if Christy has children at some point, she's going to want to educate them about the Golden Girls for sure. Yeah. Listen, we're not. I never opened the Office Box one. We're not opening the Golden Girls one. Like oh, these... so this is just sits on a shelf That's as some right. type of relic. Yeah. Oh, really? Future relic. Okay. Yeah, they don't look like this stone. They just look like little people. But but you have but, but mixed lips are pretty funny though, don't you think? Yeah, they are funny. Yeah, yeah. But I would not have known that was Mick unless they were had those little no, sort of painted lips. No, I wouldn't lips. have either. Anyway, twenty right. bucks. Twenty uh, bucks. I mean, it's too it's too steep for me when it comes to either one of those units. Maybe whenever you have grandchildren. No, I'm not buying right? them the stones. You, you might. Don't never say never. Certainly, you'll buy them the Golden Girls. We'll be sitting there many I don't, happy I don't hours. Think, I mean, I love Christy, but I don't, I don't think I will. All right. Maybe you'll read uh, stories about Amelia Earhart and Rosa Parks. I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess that'd be better. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.